This is the Life Truth Network. Welcome to Life Truth Presents, a clean fiction podcast. If it's clean fiction, it's fair game. My goal is to come alongside Clean Fiction Magazine over at cleanfictionmagazine.com. They sell their quarterly publications on Amazon. If it's not the type of thing covered in CFM, I want it to be here. That gives you, the listener, access to even more clean fiction. You could even hear interviews, game reviews, featured audio drama reviews, and some of the dramas themselves. I want this to be big. Welcome once again to Life Truth Presents. Today we look at another in the Oz series as done by Radio Theater Project. Hear a classic comedy bit from a classic comedy team. Interview old-time radio podcaster Keith Heltzley and discuss one resource that will enhance your Christian faith. It's out. Clean Fiction Magazine's Spring 2023 Kindle Edition is out and available on Amazon. Check cleanfictionmagazine.com for more details. This issue contains my first 10 reviews as well as the first installment of the expanded Stronghold serial. You'll also get to see the third installment of Her Father's Mantle by our editor Amy Lynn McConaughey. Today I want us to look at Marvelous Land of Oz by Radio Theater Project. The genre is fantasy. The Radio Theater Project has many great shows for all ages. Once again, they featured a classic. The Marvelous Land of Oz follows Tip and his friends as they find themselves in the middle of a rebellion against the Scarecrow of Oz. There's plenty of adventure here as the friends try to figure out how to deal with this revolution. There's no romance. There's no religion mentioned. There is plenty of magic in Oz, but no bad language, no drugs. Again, this is a classic tale and it was a fun listen. It is split into two parts. It is freely available on the Radio Theater Project feed on Apple Podcasts, among other places. Be sure to check show notes for more details. As a disclaimer, the Radio Theater Project creates an eclectic variety of content, much of which is rated G, but not all. And we are not endorsing everything they do. The rating would be in or a warning content of zero. Keith Eltsley has been sharing old-time radio for an extremely long time. Let's hear what he has to say. We have with us today uh, Keith Eltsley of the Retro Radio Podcast. You know, uh, <clears throat> I like to share various sources of clean fiction, one of which is, of course, old-time radio, because back then the censors had common sense. They wouldn't let a lot pass. Nowadays, I think they're just purposefully trying to push the bar. Uh, Keith, how are you doing? I'm doing just fine. So tell us how you got started in in in, in dealing old-time radio. Did you say stealing old-time radio? Dealing. Like, <laughs> the first one's free. Okay. <laughs> and uh, the second one, and the third well, one. <laughs> there's several people I know uh, who are into old time radio, and everyone has some story about when they were young. Their family would listen to it driving to you know someone relative's house or on a vacation. Um, I I suppose 
uh, after much consideration, I probably knew about old time radio from early on in my childhood because it was one of those things that my parents would tell me when I tried to watch TV. They're, they're like, back in my day, we couldn't watch TV. We could only listen to the radio. I thought, wow, too bad for you, I guess. <laughs> uh, but I was born at a time where uh, the days of old time radio actually ended officially. Uh, one month before I was born. So wow. that's how old I am. Wow. And of course, uh, there were some echoes of old time radio through my first uh, handful of years growing up. You know, much like these days, a TV show goes off the air and it's in the syndication. So you can still watch Gilligan's Island or Hillbillies or something like that out there. Uh, and it was much the same. For me, uh, I would listen to radio, especially at my grandma's house, and they would be playing an old episode of uh, Fever McGee and Molly or Jack Benny or uh, some detective show or other. And um, so I, I kind of knew about it, and I kind of had heard it uh, from early on, but I wasn't really interested in it because, hey, I'm a kid. I'm in there riding my bike, playing outdoors, rolling in the mud puddles. I didn't care about that. And uh, I just kind of blanked out of my mind, I guess, for uh, many years. Uh, in the 70s and into the early 80s, there was something of a revival where they had uh, CBS Radio Mystery Theater was on and a couple other ones, General Mills uh, Radio Theater. And it was kind of an attempt to bring it back. But by then, people just weren't interested in it because TV had made such a big impact on people's lives. And um, it kind of fizzled. And again, I didn't think much about it. I'd sometimes listen to it, but not often. And then um, fast forward to about 2006, uh, this by this time I you know while growing up I've been in and out of the military I've become uh, legally blind and then totally blind and I was just got up on morning on a Saturday morning and I clicked on the TV and I was just listening to uh, one of those public address TV stations where they put like local school happenings or community happenings. And in the background, they were playing an old-time radio show. Uh, and I was just sitting there listening to the show. And like they say, it, radio is the theater of the mind. And it's like, this is, it was so well scripted, so well acted. You could just visualize it in your head. You didn't need to even look at the TV screen to know what was happening because it was just so well produced. And I thought, I need to find out more about this. <laughs> and so after about an hour, hour and a half of that, I got up and used my computer to hop on the internet and found some podcasts out there. At the time, I could only find really two uh, people podcasting old-time radio. And I downloaded everything I can get my hands on. And over the next year, I just was downloading and listening and collecting filling up hard drive space <laughs> now the, at the same time about 2004 the rss real simple syndication became a, a thing and people were talking about this new podcast stuff 
And I thought, well, I'm into web pages. Uh, I've been doing that for almost 10 years by this point. What would I do if I had a podcast? I thought, well, let's see. I could do, you know, something related to playing a harmonica because I can do that a little bit, but I'm not good enough to really (laughs) teach somebody how to do it. Uh, And I thought, well, let's see. I could do something Bible related, but uh, I I don't know. I don't know if people really want to hear me do that. Um, Apparently they do. Uh... (laughs) Which would be prophetic because that's one of my main things I do now in addition to radio. And I thought, you know, this retro old-time radio stuff, is, no one knows about it these days. I mean, it, someone needs to hear this. And I got checking, and of course it is largely uh, open source and the public domain. There are rarely, but there are a few that are still copyrighted. Uh, it, it, but barring those... Uh, it's all public domain stuff, freely downloadable. And just like these two podcasting mentors who I found, I thought, I'm going to start doing that. So after a year of collecting about 2,000 radio shows, I thought, wow. I'll, start, I'll start putting them out there. And I did a podcast initially I wanted to do where I introduced the show and maybe talked you know, five to eight minutes about the show and then put it on and then you know two times a week I wanted to do that but I found out I didn't have a microphone that worked worth a darn <laughs> and so I thought well you know my computer has uh, voice technology on it and I invented retrobots <laughs> oh and that's where they came from and they have been everywhere now and so my my synthetic computer voice became my first retro radio host and they would, and I thought, now I know people don't like to hear the robotic voices. So I purposely kept the intros extremely short. I mean, the short as possible, but it's like, it's good for basic introduction introductions, but it's not really good for informing a lot about what I really wanted to do. But after about a year of that, I finally discovered, hey, wait a minute, my laptop has a microphone built into it. But it it still was pretty lousy because it picked up all the hard drive noise and junk, and it was just hard to get a good signal through it. Uh, eventually, I did get a microphone, and uh, uh-oh, one second, microphone off. My computer's trying to listen to me. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> Uh, that's another story. Uh, but, uh, and so I started just, uh, recording now sometimes because, you know, got, uh, grandkids in the house, mostly they may hear it in the background, but probably not. Uh, I would sometimes have to lock myself on the closet or the bathroom or step outside on the back porch. Uh, but I always try to do an intro to the podcast. And after doing that for, let's see, three years, yeah, three years or so until 2010. So from 2007 to 2010, uh, I would just do that. And then I got my own web domain and moved everything I have officially to retro-otr.com. And then I started mixing in 
uh, with my twice a week introduction shows, I would just start posting the, the straight up shows with, with new introductions to them. And I would just push them out as fast as I could. I, uh, I would do as many as sometimes six to nine posts per day. And I would handwrite all my show notes myself. Wow. Uh, Cause I thought, you know, the content's not original to me. Uh, but I wanted to at least in some way put my own originality to it and show notes is the way I would do that. And so I would listen to the show and as it progresses, you know, for example, I'm listening to Jack Benny and Oh, it opens up with Don Wilson uh, introducing Jack as the best dressed man of the year. Jack and Mary comes out and they joke about insert topic. Phil Harris comes out to add to the mix at, uh, and I would just, you know, make notes like that. And you may ask, well, why bother? <laughs> uh, well, as someone who wasn't all that familiar with old time radio, and there are archives out there. You can find them through uh, internetarchive.org, through old time radio researchers group. You get a list of the show titles and it may be, title of the show, the date, and it may be for the de detective show, I might say, case of Albert Higgs. And I was like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> and you so wanted, I thought... You wanted huh? to give more detail. Yeah, and so if a newbie like myself was hunting through and they saw, oh look, Dragnet, the big chief. Well, this is the episode where Joe Friday and his partner call on a burglar case and they and blah, blah, and whatever the uh, the general movement uh, of the plot might be. And that way, if someone didn't know the exact title, they could research my show notes and say, oh, yeah, that's the show I've been looking for. <laughs> and they would know more than what just the title was called, you know. Yeah. Um, so what you're doing is you're giving people an additional service of your putting in the basically the back of the video i don't right. know if, uh, well i'm not trying to transcribe it in any way right. Although I, I i thought about that it was like no uh that's too much typing <laughs> and i've transcribed things before it's like no that's just too much effort but if i just kind of listen to it and give a general nudge and okay this is the topics that are talked about this is the characters that show up in the episode you know, this week, Superman and Lewis are having an adventure with the Nazi Germany people. Blah, and just just give it a general feel for what you're going to hear. Uh, another thing I find handy is there are music shows. For example, uh, Crandall Opry has a, a certain number of shows that are open source out there. Uh, a little known show by the U.S. citizens at the time was called Command Performance. It was targeted for military troops serving overseas. So if you're in the military during World War II, you would be very familiar with that. But people back in the States at the time were not. These days, because of collectors, it's, it's widely known. But all it really says is, you know, the host is uh, Bob Hope and Bing Crosby. It's like, okay, well, that'll be fun. But what exactly is in it? And so I'll just make a list. This song, that song, this character does this comedy bit. And I just make a playlist, basically. 
Uh, and, and by that way, it also catalogs the songs. So if you're interested in hearing uh, oh, Kay Kaiser, you know, big band orchestra guy, where he sings, you know, whatever song, uh, you'll be able to find it by by searching for that, you know, song or something. And I have had people do that with my website. <laughs> They'll look for a particular song. Uh, they say, oh, yeah, well, that's that, a good show. That hmm. also makes the shows searchable by text, whereas they would not normally be. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, of course, every uh, webmaster out there, whenever you're building a site and you want to see how you're doing in the rankings, you'll type in, oh, maybe your um, uh, site title and maybe it'll show up or maybe you dig through 30 pages. Oh, there I am. Holy cow. <laughs> or That's so probably do, me. Yeah, I would type in old time radio and I would never show up and, uh, at least like 30 pages down. If I typed in retro radio, I would float to the top, you know, and then I got to where it's like, I would just type in, like I'd be doing a research for, uh, say, Fred Allen, who had a comedy show, is a vaudevillian in, in the era of Jack Benny. And all of a sudden, as a resource, there's my website. It's like, wait a minute. <laughs> I don't want me. I want somebody else. <laughs> And so I, I find that sometimes my site pops up because there's so many things I have posted that my site has become a resource for people searching for, uh, you know, George Burns or Lone Ranger or, you know, something like that. And so, it's all because of the searchable text that's out there. So you find it online. Basically, it's it's freely available with a few exceptions. And that's where you get your material is, is just the online uh, hubs there. Yeah. And I actually have been told to cease and desist once. <laughs> and I did. What show? Can, it, it's a, uh, a, actually it's a little tiny one or two minute show that was produced in the late sixties called chicken man. And it featured a actor named, uh, Dick Orkin, who was a very uh, well-known and wildly popular voice actor of that time. He did a lot with uh, sales ads for TV and radio. And his stuff is copyrighted. And he has died some years ago, but his, his son uh, sent me a letter through their lawyer saying, see, you desist. This is copyrighted material. Like, okie dokie, it's gone. <laughs> Sorry. Well, because that's, I mean, that's just the honorable thing to do. But I, I was just going under the assumption at that point that, hey, it's out there, so it must be really available. Uh, there is another show, I'm pretty sure it's copyrighted. It's called Family Theater. Um, and I do, I actually have a, pretty much the full collection of that on my hard drive, but it's not on my website. <laughs> right. Well, I... I see that was actually produced by a Catholic priest. Uh... So the theologically, it's probably questionable. I I don't know, but he he didn't do it to push the Catholic theology. He did it to present family situations, like for example, a, a couple facing divorce or 
somebody who was killed in an accident or some other uh, typical family situation and how they dealt with it and how they found answers through their faith. Uh, and th that's kind of the gist of the series. It is a good series. And he was actually pushed by the Catholic Church to make it more religious. And he said, no, uh, because I want to appeal to a broad audience. I'm not trying to push our our particular faith. I want people to find you know, their own faith, you know, through Christ or uh, so forth, but to, to, to find answers through looking to God, basically. And uh, it was very popular for many years. Well, uh, never thought I'd say this on Zoom when it's just two people, but we are running out of time. Yeah. And, and uh, I really want to thank you for... Uh, coming on and of course this is your this is your website this is your network uh keith helsley is is uh started life-truth.com and I, he allowed me to tag along and that's how the life truth network was created and uh so we're really glad to have i'm really glad to be working with you and other things and i'm really glad to have you on the show today well that that's a short story to how it was created it's a little more involved than in that and you actually have more input than what you admit <laughs> <laughs> today enjoy a classic i've been wanting to play for a while a sketch by abbott and costello called who's on first how do you, how do you like my wild club lou Hey, all those people going to be at the game today? Certainly. Oh, this is going to be a whopper of a game. Oh, it should be. Hey, Evan, I understand they made you the manager this year Colgate team. Why not? So you're the manager. I'm the manager. Well, you know, I'd like to know some of the guys' names on the team, so when I meet them on the street in the ballpark, I'll be able to say hello to those people. Why, sure, I'll introduce you to the boys. They give them funny names, though, Lou. Oh, I know they give those ball players awful funny names. Now, let's see, on the team we have uh, who's on first. What's on second? I don't know who's on third. You the manager? Yes. You know the guy's name? I should. Well, then tell me the guy's name. I say who's on first, what's on second. I don't know who's on third. You the manager? And then, yes. You know the guy's name? I'm telling you their names. Well, who's on first? Yes. Well, go ahead and tell me. Who? The guy on first. Who? The guy playing first base. Who? The guy on first. Who is on first? What are you asking me for? I'm asking you. <laughs> I'm telling you. You ain't telling me nothing. I'm asking you who's on first. That's it. Well, go ahead and tell me. Who? The guy at first base. That's his name. That's whose name? Yeah. Well, go ahead and tell me. That's the man's name. That's whose name? Yeah. Well, go ahead and tell me. Who is on first? What are you asking me for? <laughs> I'm asking you who's on first. That's it. Well, go ahead and tell me. Who? The guy on first. That's it. What's the guy's name on first? Now, what's on second? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who's on first? That's what I'm asking you. No, who's on minute. first? Joe, don't change the point. I'm not changing nobody. I ask you a simple question. What's the guy's name on first base? What's the guy's name on second base? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who is on first? I don't know. He's on third. Now, we're not mm -hmm. talking about him. <laughs> Look, you got a first baseman? Yes. Then tell me the fellow's name playing first. Who? The guy playing first. That's his name. Wait, what's the guy's name on first base? Why is the guy's name on second base? Who's playing second? Who's playing first? I don't know. He's on third base. <laughs> Look, when you pay off the first baseman every month, who, who do you pay the money to? Every dollar. Yeah. <laughs> Look, you gotta pay the money to somebody on first base, are you? Does he give you a receipt? Sure. How does he sign a receipt? Who? The guy that you give the money to. Who? The guy you give the money to. That's how he signs. That's how who signs? Yes. Well, go ahead and tell me. That's it. That's who. Yeah. 
When you give the guy the money, don't he have to sign a receipt? He does, Lou. Well, how does he sign his name? Who? The guy you give the money. <laughs> you, you don't. You just don't give money to somebody without him giving you a receipt. So who signs it? What are you asking me for? I'm telling you. Well, go ahead, tell me. What's the guy's name that signs the receipt on first? Wait a minute. What signs his own receipt? Who signs his own receipt? No, who signs his? I'm asking you, when the guy on first base gives you a piece of paper, he puts his name on it. So who puts his name on it? How does the fellow's name on first base look to you when he signs his name? Who? To you. That's how it looks. How does it look to you? Who? To you. Who? To you. Who? Look. When the guy signs his name, how does it look to you? Look, that's how it looks. How, how, who? Who? I'm asking you, what's the guy's name on first base you give the money to? Who? After all, the man's entitled to it. Who is? Yes. <laughs> Sometimes his wife comes down and collects it. Who's wife? Yeah, sure. <laughs> All I'm trying to find out is what's the guy's name on first base? Well, he's on second base. I'm not asking you who's on second Who's on first? I don't know. He's Third base. Third. I know that. <laughs> you got an outfield? Sure. The left fielder's name. Why? I just thought I'd ask you. Well, I just thought I'd tell you. The left fielder's name. Why? Hmm. <laughs> he caught. Oh, Yes. Why? I don't know. He's on third, and I don't 
give a darn. <laughs> what did you say? I said, I don't give a darn. Oh, that's our shortstop. <laughs> Today, I'd like us to look at crossexamined.org. Dr. Frank Turek hosts a podcast as well as offers several resources to help grow your faith. All right there at crossexamined.org. While you're at it, please check out his and Norm Geisler's book, I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. It's quite deep, but it's definitely packed full of evidence for the truth that God is very real and can be known. I just want to end the show by reminding people that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. He did not say, I am a way. He said, I am the way. As a true follower of Christ, we cannot say all roads, or even some other roads, lead to heaven. Jesus did not give us that option. Thank you for listening to Life Truth Presents. Keith Helsley can be found at retro-otr.com and life-truth.com. Be sure to check show notes for other important links. Nathan Caldwell can be found at life-truth.com and is also a writer and a reviewer for Clean Fiction Magazine, which can be found at cleanfictionmagazine.com.